Hey guys, my name is John Kim. I'm a licensed therapist and life coach, putting self-betterment into a shot glass. Because let's face it, who's got that much time these days? I come unpolished, unrehearsed, on purpose. If you're looking for more of a wine glass, you've come to the wrong place. Also, I want to mention some big news. Journey is now affiliated with Wanderlust. We're the only life coaching company to partner with them. And myself, Noel, and many of our Catalyst Life Coaches will be at Wanderlust Stratton, which is in Vermont, from June 21st through the 24th. If you want to join us, you can get 10% off tickets using the code JRNI2018. Go to wanderlust.com and look for Stratton. I hope to see you there. So I understand that love at the end of the day is a choice, right? You either choose to love someone or you do not. And this is a daily choice. And some days it's easy to love that person. (laughs) Some days it's difficult. Um, And in that way, I get that love can be binary. But I like to slice love a different way. Um, I believe that love is binary for a different reason. Not because we have a choice to love or not love. Because a lot of times, um, when we choose to love someone, it's actually not us consciously choosing. It's actually our story, our wiring, um, things that happened in the past that we are not aware of that makes the choice for us. So, for example, um, you know, when, when you this idea of uh, people having types, and I'm not just talking about like physical, but you hear so many stories and I've coached so many people who are always kind of falling for the same person, type of person. And they do it enough where they start to see patterns and dysfunction and uh, eventually end up in Al-Anon meetings. <laughs> but they, they discover that they are drawn to a certain type of person. There's a certain dynamic that produces a very sticky glue. And that comes from uh, shit in the past, you know, it comes from uh, uh, sometimes uh, things that weren't met um, growing up, uh, or sometimes it comes from uh, things that were overmet, or it's something that smells familiar, you know, and because uh, no child enter, enter, enters adulthood um, unscarred, it's, it's the, um, it comes from a, a form of chaos, right? So whether that is uh, upbringing that has uh, that was toxic, or maybe you didn't have a, um, or maybe you, had, you know maybe you had a controlling father, and you're gravitating toward that because that smells familiar. Or there was addiction, and you know the thing about addiction is uh, it's everywhere. And um, they say you could throw a quarter and hit an addict, and if that's the case, then with every addict is the enabler, and the enabler is basically everyone you see in Elon meetings, right? And so there's that really. Um, powerful connection that we find ourselves in um, and not consciously, right? So there's like this this running river underneath that uh, makes a lot of our choices. You know, we make a lot of our decisions, I mean, more than a lot, 90, they say up to 95% subconsciously. So you're not even aware. And of course, this plays out in who we uh, decide to love, right? And so a lot of people who um, have, they're not, who are not aware, right? Who are not aware of um, the choices they're making because they're just going by their what feels good, and sometimes what feels good isn't necessarily healthy, right? And so we fall into these relationships, and of course, 
on the surface, we feel like we have a choice because we're choosing, but there's this undercurrent that is pulling us, that is gravitating toward these people that we choose, quote unquote choose, and also attracting a certain type of person, right? So if you are uh, wired a certain way and you are giving away uh, a certain type of energy and you know, dynamic, then you are also attracting a certain type of person. And so this dance uh, it happens throughout our lives. And it's only when we realize that it's, it's unhealthy and we start working on ourselves, a lot of internal change, that we start attracting a different type of person. And you've heard many stories, and, and you could probably relate to this if you've been out the other side and, um, you know, have been in, in um, kind of crazy, chaotic, lots of drama, um, telemundo <laughs> relationships, and you've learned what works, what doesn't work. And as you change internally, um, what, you, what you used to be attracted to suddenly repels you, right? And so the, the, the reason why I'm saying all this is because um, I think for a lot of people, love isn't a choice. I think that they fall into things without awareness. I think when you are aware, then of course, yes, you, ha you have a choice because you have all the information in front of you. But when you don't, then you're just kind of going by uh, what feels good. And, and I'll break down, you know, um, some of the, the uh, I guess, some of the chapters or stages of love. And uh, if, you, if you go by that and you don't have all the information, you're not aware of what you are really choosing, then, you know, are you really choosing? Is it really a choice, right? So... Um, here are some chapters of love, just super broad strokes. In high school, and these are generalizations, but I think in high school, love is a feeling, right? You guys remember high school, nothing else matters. I mean, um, and, and it's because we're, we're so, we have no love impression so at this point. So basically, everything is extremely potent and new. And man, I remember my high school crushes like yesterday. And the reason is because those imprints were so deep and fresh. And everything is life or death, right? So if the, the he doesn't ask you to the prom or if she rejects you or whatever it is, it's just like you just want to die. Um, and again, this is because it's so potent. Everything is so new. Uh, and then when you fall, you fall, you fall hard and fast and deep. And then, of course, as an adult looking back, you find that amusing or sad, and uh, but when you, when you were in it, it was real, right? That shit was real, and your entire day could change by just one glance from someone you you quote unquote loved or had a crush on, right? In our twenties, love is more than a feeling; it actually defines us, right? We start to lose ourselves in love. Um, we discover sex and body parts and orgasms, and we start to have like our first real relationships or what we think are relationships uh, we start to we think that love means uh, sacrifice <laughs> or or or, or uh, self compromise instead of just compromise um, and we discover how good it feels to actually take care of someone else right and this is where like instead of falling in love you're falling in lost what i call um, you're losing yourself in our 30s, I think love more becomes a choice because by our 30s, we've gone through some shit and we are now having some self-awareness. We are seeing patterns. Um, we are protecting ourselves, right? And so we've learned through uh, relationships and through love and through broken hearts and we've come out the other side. And, you know, we've learned about boundaries and codependency and, of course, self-care. Um, and then with this awareness, we finally have a choice, right? Right. Um, 
But as we believe uh, that we deserve more, uh, the ocean turns into a uh, plastic swimming pool <laughs> because the masses, most people are not aware or working on themselves. And so we could also define love as more logical because we suddenly have a checklist and we have non-negotiables, right? And so now we're putting less weight on things like aesthetics and more weight on if someone can hold a safe space, right? And then in our 40s, and this I kind of have to end here because I'm 45 and I I don't know what happens after 45, but for me, as I continue my love journey, uh, my hope for me is that it, it becomes um, more of an, a spiritual experience. I really want love to be bigger than me, and I want to lean into things like energy and intuition and um, just want to have a different and a new love experience, uh, something I've just been thirsty for as I get older. But back to the topic of love being binary. This is how I decided to slice love. Um, I think that love is binary because love is either healthy or unhealthy. And healthy love is being powerless. Uh, health, un, I mean, unhealthy love is being powerless, uh, selfish and enabling. Unhealthy love has no boundaries. Unhealthy love has conditions and is contingent. I think unhealthy love is an obsession, you know? Um, unhealthy love is immature, it's ir irresponsible, and it's dependent. Unhealthy love is urgent. Uh, there's, this, there's this weird desperation behind unhealthy love, which produces uh, manipulation and control and uh, you know compromising self. Unhealthy love uh, can be a pissing contest, a tug of war. It can be a mute silence, and it can be a kickstand. Uh, what I mean by kickstand is that... Um, other people leaning on you, right? You being the kickstand. Or, or maybe you're leaning on someone else. And, and not just leaning in a healthy way, but actually um, eclipsing or, um, and this is where you're passing boundaries and, you know, dependent on someone. Um, unhealthy love is sometimes obvious. Unhealthy love, um, or sometimes it's not, right? Unhealthy love promotes the false self and stunts growth. Unhealthy love is like a drug, Healthy love. Healthy love is a choice, um, and I say this because when you're aware of what's unhealthy and healthy, then you actually do have a choice, of course. Uh, it is something you decide to give as a gift, right? Um, you are doing life with someone, not at someone. It shapes, and, um, it shapes the self. It strengthens each other. Healthy love uh, is a feeling that is... Um, it's power-filled, not powerless, and it's, and it's independent, not dependent. Um, I always have this, I have this saying I typed out once that healthy love is a grilled cheese and vegetable soup on a rainy day, but not every day, right? So with healthy love also comes conflict and, and, and all of that stuff. Healthy love, uh, but it's also patient, kind, and accepting. Healthy love is about safe spaces. Healthy love requires a tremendous amount of responsibility, uh, which involves communication, on all levels and constant reflection. What I mean by that is being, uh, you know, self-awareness is not a one-time thing, right? It's a lifestyle. So always being aware of self, always communicating. And, and this is like pedaling a bike. Like when that stops, the unhealthy love can actually turn unhealthy, right? Healthy love promotes growth and, and, and two strong containers. Healthy love is actually rare. And so love is binary because love is either healthy or unhealthy. And, of course, from that, you do get to choose. Um, 
here's some questions to you. Before asking yourself who you choose to love um, or not, first ask yourself if it's healthy. So if you're in a relationship or you're dating someone, I think we, we just jump to, you know, do I want to... I mean, we, we actually don't even jump. We, we kind of... Um, uh, <laughs> we... We don't make decisions sometimes based on on um, on logic. We we make decisions based on our feelings, right? Our feelings are are what's powerful, and that's going to to make the decision. A lot of what's happening underneath is also subconscious, right? Um, if you're currently in something and you don't believe that it's healthy, it doesn't mean to stop or end it. That's not what I'm saying. The next question is, um, can you turn your unhealthy love into healthy love, right? And remember, you're, you're 50% of any relationship. So even if you were quote-unquote perfect, and no one's perfect, you still need the other person to want the same things and have the same goals. The thing about a relationship is, and I think a lot of people um, blame, blame themselves if something doesn't go right, it's, it, 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 it's a team thing. It requires two people, you know? Um, and I, I think a lot of people internalize if a relationship didn't go as planned that they are defective or they did something wrong and you're only you're only half and the other person also has to do the work and so if two people are doing the work you could definitely turn something unhealthy into healthy um, and I think that uh, if but if one person is doing all the work and the other person is not aware or isn't interested in changing then there's the, the that path, that road is a cul-de-sac. Like there's a dead end. There's nowhere to go from there, right? So um, ask yourself if your relationship is healthy or unhealthy. Um, I, I choose to see love binary in that way. Uh, I think it's just a it's a, it's, it's a it's a better way to look at love instead of, yes, of course, it's obvious that we have a choice every day, but to really above that, ask yourself if something is healthy and if it's unhealthy. And if it is unhealthy, can you make it healthy? All right, guys, be well. Thank you for listening. I encourage you to love hard. Thanks for tuning in. I hope the dialogue was helpful. Listen, guys, if you want to be a life coach, just go to my website, theangrytherapist.com, and click on Life Coaching Training, and you'll find our Catalyst Intensive. There's only two things you need to be a life coach, a story which everyone has, and a passion to help others. Before you go, I wanted to give you something, something I made. It's a relationship toolkit because the world needs better, healthier relationships so we can all love harder. So go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash podcast. That's www.theangrytherapist.com forward slash podcast. It's super simple. And we will email you my relationship toolkit.